Insightful Podcasts by Informative Hosts. Insights into Things, a podcast network. Welcome to Insights into Teens, a podcast series exploring the issues and challenges of today's youth. Your hosts are Joseph and Madison Whalen, a father and daughter team making their way through the challenges of the teenage years. Welcome to Insights into Teens. This is episode 103, another one in our creativity and the last one in our creativity series for now. This is about movie making. I'm your host, Joseph Whalen, and my imaginative and astounding co-host, Madison Whalen. Hi, everyone. How you doing today, Maddie? I'm doing all right. So how was your week this week? It's been interesting. Um... School's been, school's shorter now. In fact, I'm off on Friday and Thursday's going to be kind of interesting. So we'll see how it goes. Okay. Well, nothing wrong with a short week. Uh, I'm off on Friday as well. Um, mommy does have a half day, so she's half off. So uh, maybe we'll, we'll be able to do something, you know, hang out or play games or something like that. So today we're going to be talking about movie making. Um, so the first thing we're going to do is we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about why movie making is good for teens. Some of the benefits that we get from that. And we're going to talk about some of your movie making efforts so far. And then we'll finish up talking about what your future of movie making looks like and, and where you might be going with those skills. Before we get into that, I would, uh, Suggest folks uh, subscribe to the podcast. You can subscribe to the um, video version of our podcast, looking us up as Insights into Things. The audio version is available as Insights into Teens. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon, pretty much any place you can get a podcast these days. Uh, we'd also uh, Invite folks to give us your feedback. We'd love to hear from you. Tell us what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong. Give us some suggestions for topics to talk about. You can email us directly at comments at insightsintothings.com. You can get us on Twitter at insights underscore things. You can get us on Facebook at facebook.com slash insights into things podcast. On Instagram, we are at Insights into Things, or you can uh, contact us directly through our website at www.insightsintothings.com. Ready to get started? Yep. All right. So this week's uh, research was done by you, so I'm going to let you give us and make sure you get the website right this time. Yes. <laughs> so go ahead and give us what the research shows us this week. So I decided to look up why movies are good for teens, and I found it on a website I accidentally mispronounced in the uh, in our 100th podcast. Youaremom.com is okay. where this information That's comes better. from. Yes. <laughs> 
Most movies have a lesson. By seeing, by seeing so, by seeing so many different situations on screen, kids and teens develop their critical thinking skills. They also, they also stimulate their imagination, and they be can become more creative by movies. We all know that movies are one of the best forms of entertainment. However, it may surprise you to hear that there are real benefits of movies for kids and teens. New films come out every year. Their main purpose is to entertain and make viewers have a good time. However, these stories also help kids and teens learn moral lessons about the world around them. So, the first one we have is expanding their vocabulary. Um, children are very good at listening. They grasp everything fast. As they grow up, their vocabulary grows. Movies can help in that sense because they show situations that kids have probably never experienced. They're more likely to hear new words and learn their meanings. Usually, if kids don't understand a word, a word they'll ask their parents. It, this is a great opportunity to teach them. On the other hand, if they can read, encourage them to look up words, words in a dictionary. This way, not only will they learn the meaning, but also how to write it. It also relieves stress. One of the things that we talk about a lot on this podcast, since teens are constantly under some form of stress, another benefit of movies on kids and teens has to do with their emotions. Movies can help combat stress and relieve anxiety and nerves. Being in school, it's common for kids to experience these feelings. They often have various school responsibilities, tests, and exams. By getting out of this routine, kids can clear their mind and have fun. Entertainment can help them unwind. Another one of the benefits is learn other languages. You can find, you can watch foreign film films and films with other languages, which also show characters from other parts of the world. This can lead your children to become more interested in traveling and learning other languages. Making kids and teens smarter and more creative. By seeing these experiences on the screen, kids and teens can become more reflective. The benefits of movies are obvious when parents help their children face problems. It also helps when children and teens have to draw conclusions for themselves and find solutions. In addition, this helps them develop uh, creativity, boosts their ability to think, and stimulates their imagination. So, based on the experiences that you've had with movie making so far, do you think you've experienced any of these benefits so far? Well, I'd probably say that movies have helped me expand my vocabulary when I was younger. And even now, there are some words I learn that I kind of want to learn the meaning, meaning to. And I'd definitely say expanding my vocabulary was something that helped. Relieve stress. Yes, movies were a big stress reliever for me. Honestly, watching anything, really, TV shows, YouTube videos, that kind of stuff, it really does help relieve stress to just watch a cool, to just watch a cool movie or a cool scenario happen. Uh, learn other languages. I did see other cultures express, other cultures and different parts of the world express through mu at movies. Um, but I didn't necessarily learn, um, other languages, but I can definitely see how other kids would have that experience. But I, personally, I just haven't had that.
And, of course, making kids and teens smarter and more creative. Yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty sure movies had pretty much helped me become much more creative um, now. And I think any any outlet that allows you to express you, your creativity is a good thing because any opportunity you have to exercise that creative freedom is, you know, the the brain is just like a muscle. You know, you have to exercise it for it to get stronger and, and, and to gain more knowledge and understanding. And creativity is a huge exercise for teens. The more creative you are and the more you can express that, it, it touches on so many different assets that you have as a person that helps you to grow different skill sets. It helps you to grow different thought patterns. It allows you to look at problems differently. It allows you to look at problems from the perspective of your audience and the perspective of the characters that you're filming. So right now, most of the movie making that you do is an animated type of, I'd say, teen-centric movie. Would that be accurate? Yeah, probably. And And I think that... You going through some of the scenarios that you go through in the movie making that you do allows you to kind of put yourself in situations that you may not necessarily experience yourself, but you may have exposure to from books or movies or television. And in making the movies, it allows you to put yourself in that experience and, and figure out how you would handle something like that. Um, so that alone, I think it's it's definitely a, a learning experience for you. But beyond that, what else are you learning aside from these developmental things? And let's look at it from a technical standpoint. You're learning how to tell stories, right? Mm-hmm. You're learning probably how to storyboard to a certain extent. Yeah. You're learning how to uh, scene develop. Because you're not just animating characters. You're building a scene and you're putting them in that scene. You're learning uh, wardrobe because your characters, you have to dress your characters. And and how they dress reflects the scene that they're in and the mood that they're in. Yep. Um, and you're learning storytelling in general. So there's all other kind of technical aspects on top of learning the technical requirements for this. So you're doing graphical editing. You're doing digital digital art. You're learning how to use the stop motion software that you're working with. Mm-hmm. You're learning how to do audio editing. So there's, there's a lot of technical skills that go into this too. Um, and it's interesting how, I don't know if we, I'm assuming you did this on purpose, the way you laid out these episodes. So we started out with art, right? So we went from art to writing to movie making. And that's kind of the natural progression because you need all these other skills in order to do movie making, right? Mm-hmm. So what are some of the skills that we've talked about already? Explain how you apply the art and the writing to your movie making efforts. Well, for the art aspect, like you said before, with costume design and how the characters express their emotions, I use that art aspect of my creativity to make the characters 
look like how I want them to look. I'm able to not only know what their personalities are through the writing, but also see what they look like through the art. I'm able to give them different outfits that express that can express that I feel they would wear. I'm able to see firsthand what I feel as though they'd look like in real life. And I'm able to design them, um, so that I, and I'm able to design them for specific scenes. Um, as for the writing, that's pretty much the entire story of it. I am able to tell the story and show the characters' personalities, um, through the writing and their actions. I'm able to use narrative elements in order to make a uh, steadily flowing story so that um, it all blends together well. I'm able to use character development to show how and characterization to describe my characters in that kind of sense. Um, and I'm able to express their emotions that way. I can pinpoint what different scenes would look like and different actions of the characters to better express how I want them to be perceived. So, yeah, both of them go hand in hand when I make movies. Yeah, so your movie making is really just the culmination of all these other creative skills that we've been talking about the last few uh, podcasts. So let's take a little break. And and we'll come back and we'll talk about your movie making and, and how it started and how you learned how to do the things that you did. And we'll get a little bit more background on that. For over seven years, the Second Sith Empire has been the premier community guild in the online game Star Wars The Old Republic. With hundreds of friendly and helpful active members, a weekly schedule of nightly events, annual guild meet and greets, and an active community both on the web and on Discord. The Second Sith Empire is more than your typical gaming group. We're family. Join us on the Starforge server for nightly events such as operations, flashpoints, world boss hunts, Star Wars trivia, guild lottery, and much more. Visit us on the web today at www.thesecondsithempire.com. Welcome back to Insights into Teens. Today we're talking movie making in our creativity series, and uh, we're going to ask Madison a few questions about some of the movie making techniques and uh, efforts that you've made so far. So uh, the first question I have is, when did you first start making movies? How old were you? Do you remember your earlier efforts? Oh, wow. Um... I will know I was old enough when I know I was I know I was older than 9. I was I'm guessing at least maybe 10 or 11, or most likely 10. I do have I do remember that when I did make movies, I had um I of course I mainly just recorded them on my phone, so yeah. Uh I'd say around 10 years old. Okay. Is when I first made them. 
What was what was the first thing that got you into making movies? Was it something that you had watched? Was it a story? Was it just, you know, you felt that you had so much that you wanted to put out there that you had to make a movie about it? So I was into LPS, and there was this one. What's LPS? Littlest Pet Shops. They're okay. little toys that are pets. Um, and there was this one um, sh- um, channel I had seen on YouTube where it was kind of like a dare channel, but with LPS. And it was with this one character, and basically, like, he would do dares in each of the videos. And I found it hilarious, and I kind of wanted to do something similar. Okay. So what were some of the first videos that you did that are some of your favorite videos? Oh, goodness. Um, So I kind of wanted to make my own versions, but I didn't actually have the LPS character that was used. So I had first um, done it with this one uh, purple dog I named Douglas. Um, And I had done, like, some weird dares with him, but I don't actually have the videos because I was on one of my older phones before. Um, I'd gotten some of my recent ones. Um, uh, and, but when I did, uh, but the late, but the last video I have on my phone now is when I had actually gotten the one character, um, and I was able to make those videos. It was kind of, I will say, they the first, like, when I watched the very, the first video I ever had, I will admit, it was not the best. But it will, also wasn't the worst. It actually had some decent elements about it. There was one moment that was actually pretty nice and heartfelt that, and actually showed some really good storytelling. Um, and there was also one legitimate moment where I just, laughed out loud because the one scene was just so hilarious of course there were also some annoying characters in there that i could have done without but overall although it was it although it was a cringy video to get through i have a lot of nostalgia for it and i can't help but say that it wasn't all bad okay so walk us through how you would make those those early videos was it something where you were uh doing stop motion animation frame by frame were you just sort of manipulating the uh characters and doing voiceovers how sophisticated were the techniques at the time at the time not very sophisticated i'll be honest i had props and other characters i'd use in the videos um but overall, I'd mainly just film them with my phone on my bed, move the characters with my hand, and try to imitate sounds and voices and stuff like that without really good audio, which is why I have to kind of turn up the volume because my voice was so quiet back then. Okay. So the videos that you were making in, in this at this early stage, what kind of videos were they? Were they comedies were they because i know you were you were into the unboxing stuff for a while there um were these scripted things or was this really just you taking video of you playing with the the various toys well yeah the very early stuff i tried mainly was comedy uh when i got into the unboxing stuff i kind of just 
it was just unboxing. I just unboxed stuff and showed my reaction. That was pretty much it. There were other times where I didn't actually have, like, episodes in the series. And it was just, like, showing off, you just using the toys. I never actually scripted anything. I, I think, like... There was probably only one time where I might have had a script, uh, and even then it's kind of stretching it, um, because I really never scripted my stuff, and I kind of just had my natural reaction with no script whatsoever. Okay, that kind of makes sense, and, and at that age, you know, I mean, you're 10, 11 years old, or, I, I wasn't expecting it to be all that sophisticated. You were kind of really just learning how to express your creativity in in movies. But the movies that you like to make back then, did they reflect what you were watching more than sort of everyday life? Stay with us. We'll be right back. Are you tired of your favorite gaming podcast finishing with a play? Oh, no. Well, check out No Credits Rolled where we play the games but rarely finish them. How's it going, folks? I'm Sam Whalen, your friendly host at No Credits Rolled, the ultimate gaming podcast, where we dish out the latest scoops and reviews on all your beloved video games. Hey, listen! Not only that, but we spice things up with some guest interviews and even give you, yes, you, a chance to have your say. Tune in every other week for a fresh dose of No Credits Rolled, available on all major podcast platforms, and hit us up on social media at No Credits Rolled. So why wait? Let's dive into the gaming world together, where finishing games is optional, but the fun is guaranteed. Um, like I said before, the very first videos I made were inspired by this one YouTube channel, so yeah. I guess it would have something to do with that. Unboxings were obviously unboxing videos. Others I kind of made up on out of the blue. But yeah, I would say that back then, um, a lot of that kind of still reflected, like my writing and my art. That kind of still reflected how what I saw. So yeah, I'd say so. All right. Well, let's talk about how you're making your movies now. What kind of movies are you doing at this point in time, I'm assuming you've stepped up the uh, storytelling and the technical abilities quite a bit since then. Could you kind of describe the type of movies that you're making now? Sure. So I'm no longer doing live action stuff. I realized I don't actually have like we did get some stuff so that I could use it for live action, but I kind of stopped with that. I did decide um, that I was going to make a movie. Um, and I started using, um, an app I've mentioned before, Gasha Life and Gasha Club now. Um, I've been using those to make the movies so far. Um, and the store, and this time I'm actually trying, trying to use a script. I've been writing scripts for different episodes. I have different series planned. Um, and I have all the characters laid out and I know ex- and I know what I want to do with them. I'm trying to plan it a bit more. And I definitely say it's, I'm a lot more sophisticated than back then. Okay. So when you go about writing a script at this point in, t- point in time, are you writing it 
just for the dialogue or are you writing it like a uh like a screenplay where you're doing scene descriptions and art direction and stuff like that is that all included in here so that you know what to do when you get to the point that you're going to film something well i do have um some liberties i do have different stage directions and i do sometimes describe the scene other times i really don't and i er and like when i go back and make and take the screenshots for it i already know what i I can kind of plan it out myself. The script is kind of like a base outline, if you will. Okay. How about overall story planning? Do you storyboard your scenes out? Do you outline the screenplay? What do you do to to plan from, you know, shot one to the last shot in the series there to know what you want to do when you want to do it and so forth? Well, I split it up into different scenes. I have the scenes marked different scenes marked on my script and I know that and to pace myself I edit one part of a uh, one scene and then once I'm done film once I'm done take uh taking um the photos for the next one then I um work on that and it's and then eventually by the end I'm going to put it all together so is what you're doing now more Stop action? Are you doing hand animation? Is the software itself doing any kind of tweening or or any kind of auto animation for you? Or are you manually manipulating each of these and and taking a shot and then streaming these shots together? I have have to take screenshots of the characters because I don't... And, like, sometimes I do work with animation, but by using different poses and kind of and kind of putting um the pictures together to make it look like stop motion so sometimes i do that kind of animation uh but most of the time a lot of it's just i take a screen i take a few screenshots then i go into my software and i uh and i l- make them shorter or longer depending on how long a scene i want it to be so when you go about creating your scenes now are you building the scene elements through uh, like a graphic editor or are you building them inside the, the Gasha app itself along with the characters or are the characters hand drawn by you? I'm building the scenes specifically in Gasha, but there are some times where I'm going to, ne- I kind of need to draw something. So then I go into uh, where I do my digital art and then I draw, and then I draw out that scene, take a screenshot of it, and add it into uh, the editing software so that I can add that. Um, but most of the time, it's really just I do everything through Gasha, take the photos, and transport them over to um, the software editor. But there are some times, especially with animation, that I have to kind of... Um, put a green screen back on the characters and have them walk across the screen, which I can't exactly do in Gasha very well. Um, So, yeah, there are some things that I do in Gasha and some things I do outside of it. Okay. What about reusing elements? Do you build um, a character's bedroom, for instance, and then can you reuse that bedroom or do you have to rebuild it every time in the the software in order to... Uh, create a scene from that 
Well, the software has various backgrounds that you're able to use, and a lot of times I kind of reuse some of the backgrounds, but I do try to change them up a bit. I have the ability to add objects and pets and stuff like that, so I can change the bedrooms how, so I can change the rooms in order to make it look a little, to make it look different. Um, so yeah, and sometimes there are going to, and sometimes I do take, there are, is a background where I don't actually have it in the game, but I can go to, I can probably look up the, the background, um, on Google, take a screenshot of that and use that while using green screen for the characters. So when you build these scenes <clears throat> and you animate them, so you're building a slide by slide representation of the scene itself. You then export these, and then you bring them into what software at that point in time to, to actually make the movie? Um, the software I use is called KindMaster. I'm pretty sure a lot of people who are doing this kind of thing use it. Um, and it's a decent editing software, um, um, and I'm able to do a lot of stuff with it. So I transport all my images through um, KindMaster right now, and I am debating on whether I want to keep going with it or maybe do something different. And typically, how long are the movies that you're making right now? They're not really that long. Um, most of the scenes only last about one or two minutes tops um, because I have to shorten all the uh, images down. Um and I have added some of them together, and they only really last about maybe half an hour. Um, so I'm guessing that's, I'm, I call them mini movies because they're mini movies, basically. Um, so they're not typically that long. So for a half hour worth of movie, how long does it typically take you in creation time to make a half hour long movie? I can't exactly say because I'm still not there yet. It's taken a lot of months only to get like maybe 16 minutes of film. Honestly, the one scene I'm still working on includes a lot of editing, something I'm not really too used to. Um, and it's honestly, I've been procrastinating on it for a little while now. Um, it was pretty easy the first time. Um, but now I have to get into scenes where there's going to be a lot more editing. So, yeah, it, it, it's really, it takes a really long time for me to just make a 30 minute film. So what are some of the challenges, obviously editing being one of them, but how, what are some of the challenges that you run into, uh, in making the kinds of movies that you make? A lot of it is probably motivation, um, because sometimes I need the motivation to work on it. And a lot of times, um, I don't have that motivation. I've maybe had a long day or I just feel as though I'm not going to be able to move on, on with the scene. And that's actually happened a couple times throughout this. And it's been one of the biggest challenges. Like sometimes I feel as though, um, I don't, like, sometimes I feel as though may I, I don't exactly know how to make the scene. And other times it's just, uh, I don't really feel like it. <laughs> so, yeah, it's kind of like writer's block, if you will, with it. Um, a lot of, I, 
I still want to try and gain a bit more motivation. I've normally always picked myself up. Unfortunately, I am in, I'm, uh, uh, I am still in one of those states, but I am trying to do better. Yeah, and I can sort of sympathize with that because, you know, shooting the, the podcast, we do usually at least two a week. Uh, there's a good deal of post-production that goes into it. Mostly the audio side, the video side is pretty much taken for stock. Um, but the advantage that I have in doing the podcast is that most of what we do that would be post-processing is done in line. You know, we do our intros, our, uh, our commercials, our transitions. All that stuff is done in line and doesn't require editing. Um, the editing itself, it's really me going back in after the fact and cleaning up the audio, getting rid of background noise and, and sort of, um, polishing it up and running it through a post processor before I re-render the entire video for, for production release. But you figure we do roughly an hour or so, you know, 45 minutes to an hour and it probably takes me at least an hour in post-production to clean up everyone. So it's it's almost a one-to-one -one ratio, but that's the technology doing most of it for me. Doing a stop-motion animation is agonizingly long. Yeah, like my biggest problem, like the biggest thing I've learned from this is just making a character run takes so many screenshots it's insane. Yeah, I mean, if you figure, if you do it at standard film rate, which is 24 uh, frames per second, you need to create 24 images for every second of film that you want to put out there to be viewed. And you need to make sure that everything is the same. You need to make sure that your animation is fluid and in line. It can't be jerky. It can't be jumpy. If you're running at a steady space, a steady pace, you have to make sure that the per the the figure that's doing the running is moving exactly at the same distance. You need to make sure that whatever's going on in the background is animating correctly. It's a lot of work to do animation. Yeah. And like this isn't even drawing it. Imagine having to draw every single scene. And having to draw 24 scenes per second yeah. of film. Well, and that's why if you look at the big animation firms like, uh, you know, Disney, you know, Disney has their master artist. They do the keyframes and they, then they have, you know, junior artists come in who are the tweeners and they do everything in between the keyframes. You know, so you may be, um, an artist that does, uh, a keyframe every four frames. And then somebody else comes in and draws the three frames in between. And then you don't even color it. Then it goes off to someone else and they color it. And then somebody else will do the voiceover recording. And then that has to be dubbed in. And, you know, there's, because we haven't even delved into doing audio with yours yet. You're using dialogue boxes right now for your animation, right? So there's a lot more, that would go into a post-production to have a finalized uh, film there. So it's, it's a lot, you know, it's, it's a big undertaking and it's a big production. And, uh, you know, I think you're, you're progressing through that and the experience that you have at this point, I think is giving you that appreciation when you do watch films. 
So we're going to take another quick break. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about what the future of movie making might be for you. We'll be right back. Insights into Entertainment, a podcast series taking a deeper look into entertainment and media. Our husband and wife team of pop culture fanatics are exploring all things from music and movies to television and fandom. We'll look at the interesting and obscure entertainment news of the week. We'll talk about theme park and pop culture news. We'll give you the latest and greatest on pop culture conventions. We'll give you a deep dive into Disney, Star Wars, and much more. Check out our video episodes at youtube.com backslash insights into things. Our audio episodes at podcast.insightsintoentertainment.com or check us out on the web at insightsintothings.com. Welcome back to Insights into Teens. This is episode 103. We're talking movie making. So the future of movie making. So right now you're using a couple of uh, applications that are exclusively on your iPad. Is that correct? Yep. And how capable are they moving forward? Um, I'd say they're pretty fine. Um, I'm still debating... Um, I'm deciding whether I should continue moving on with KindMaster, the main editing software for my movies, and if I should do be doing something else. Um, but right now, it's been going all right. Um, and that's basically the main thing I've been using. So I guess we'll see how it goes. So, you know, the reason I ask is <clears throat> there's a number of more powerful movie-making applications out there if you move it up to you know putting it on your laptop or running it on a, on a desktop pc uh, i think you'll find that the options that you have are, are significantly more than what you get on just the the tablet itself just from the the processing power itself but i did want to ask how are the tools that you use to make movies change since you first started making movies have they gotten easier more powerful more options what what would you say are the are the major changes well like i said when i first started making movies i really just recorded them on my camera um on my phone so after that when i finally got into more advanced movie making I started using more movie making soft. Well, there was when my my stop motion period where we you had gotten me a stop motion app that I was able to fully use stop motion instead of moving the instead of just filming live, um, and that kind of started my stop motion phase. Um, after that phase, I went into the movie making phase I have now. Um, now that I'm using KindMaster, I have a lot more options for film. It's a lot more sophisticated than when I first started out, and it's definitely more powerful than when I first started out. So, so how has your movie-making style changed since your early days? Um, have you become more organized? Has it just been an increase in sophistication as the tools improved? What are some of the major changes, major differences from your early movie making to what you do now? 
Well, with the early movie making, I really wasn't so concerned about the story. It was mainly just trying to make something comical and just a comical little series. And just, and a lot of it was centered around my LPS toys. Then I went into unboxing because it was what I saw and kind of thought it was cool. Um, and then when I went in my stop motion phase, I still use the LPS, but try to do it in a more sophisticated manner. Um, and that's kind of when I did storytelling, but I still didn't have a script and it kind of just came to me out of the blue. Um, and now I write down a full on script. I make the care, I make the characters in Gasha Club, um, put the scenes together, take screenshots of the scenes, put them together, edit them, and make a movie. Okay. So moving forward, um, assuming we eventually someday in the not-too-distant future move past the whole pandemic and quarantine and all that stuff, what do you think you want to do? Would you be interested in, in trying different styles of movie making? Like, would you want to do live action and get your friends involved in doing live action scenes and stuff like that? Um, do you want to move into different genres and, and kind of, you know, what's the next step for you? What's that, what's that next progression in movie making for you? Well, for me, if I am able to, again, I do kind of want to, um, turn my characters into slightly more live action versions. Maybe not like, not like a real movie with special effects, costumes, and stuff like that, but maybe just play out the scenes with some of my friends, and maybe even with you guys to see how that works. That sounds kind of cool. I'd be interested in doing that. Um, so have you looked or do you continue to look at different movie making technologies, uh, cameras, software, uh, any editing techniques, anything like that? Have you, have you, do you keep up on that sort of thing to find out what the next best thing is to help you make your movies? Well, I haven't really been doing too much research on it, but I do feel as though I want to learn a bit more about it, especially coming from you. Um, you do a lot of editing now, especially with the podcast and you have a tendency of making movies so i might want to learn a bit more from you see how i can translate my what i know into what you know so yeah i might try different editing software techniques and learn from you okay sounds good i'll be happy to teach you what do you enjoy about making movie making i'm assuming you know you're not you're not it's not a lucrative venture for you. You're not making it and, and selling the rights or anything like that. So you're not doing it for money. So it has to be for the enjoyment or the, the joy and the, and the learning experience. What do you get out of making movies? Oh, um, a lot of it. Uh, some of it is the satisfaction of knowing that I figuring out that I really created something that I felt would change people's lives or something like that. Um, I really just enjoy making stories and turning them into a completely different medium along with art is really nice for me and gives me a bunch of satisfaction for that. But it's also the fact that I tried that I'm, that if I ever do show it to a true audience, I kind of want my characters to be relatable and go through 
and kind of go through the scenarios that I went through when I, as I'm growing up. Um, which is why I like to put characters as teens because I have to be honest, a lot of times teens and kids, I feel like teens and kids aren't entirely expressed super well in the media. So I kind of want to, as a fellow teen and especially as a preteen when I was, I kind of want to show that to people. Like as a preteen, I had no ideas what some of the struggles would be, like the like I mentioned earlier before, the struggles of having to f- having to f- deb- having to find clothes between the grown-up section and the kids section. So, I kind of want to show those struggles in a re- in relatable characters throughout a story. So you've identified an underrepresentative section of the population in movies. Do you think that also is a representation of an audience that would be interested in seeing something like that? Like, would you want to watch films about those types of things if they were available? More than likely. Um, I, I want to have kind of have a mix of fantasy, but also reality. Um, I'm a big fantasy and fantasy fan. And if, and I, I like sci-fi stuff, and I'm sure pr- plenty of other teens like me also do. Um, and I actually wouldn't mind having characters who I can relate to more. Like, in a lot of films, it's usually much older characters or older teens that I can't exactly identify with because I'm not that old. Um, and... The teens that are expressed are, like, shown to be typical stereotypes, like the one who likes video games, the one who's super edgy and totally rebels, and the hip, cool one. Honestly, I just want a kid to be represented normally. I don't want the kid... I don't want teens... I don't want people to think that all teens hate school. I don't. I don't mind school at all. Um... And I want the proper struggles of teens to be represented well, as well as relatable, as relatable moments that I've experienced to be shown. And of course, I want more preteens to be shown because I really didn't see much of that. It's a very good point. You know, there's a lot of story out there that's, <clears throat> that's real. You know, it's, it's, it's reality. And that's very rarely reflected in the media. That's largely why we do this podcast. You know, I could sit here and I could spout off all the research that I find online and do it all by myself. But without having you here and without having a teenage perspective here to actually talk about these things, it's meaningless. So by having a teen make movies about teens for teens, I think is, is fairly significant. And I think there's a, there's an audience out there that can relate to it, that that probably wants to see that, just like you do. So, inevitably, these types of discussions when we talk about these things has to talk about the future and about careers. You know, what do you want to be when you grow up? I've asked you this with the last two podcasts that we've done. So, have you ever thought about making a career out of movie making? And if so... What would be your ideal role? Do you want to write, direct, 
act film? Do you want to be a director of photography? Do you want to be a set designer? What would your, if you could pick any role in the movie making business, what would you pick? More than likely writing. I don't feel as though acting would really work for me. Set design, I mean, could be cool, but I don't feel is what I'd want to do. I definitely think the writing portion would probably be the part I'd want to work on because I want to make quality writing. I want to make stories that can relate to audiences that aren't very show that aren't shown very well in the media. Um so that I can act so that I can use that storytelling in order to make movies that teens like me could relate to. Okay. I could definitely see that. And the last question that I had before we uh, get your closing uh, thoughts and uh, shout outs is, do you think personally the experience that you had, if you could, if someone else your age could go through it, do you think that they would benefit from the experience other than just the sheer enjoyment? Is there, is there a quantitative benefit to movie making for teens? Yes, there is. Um, it's it has a lot to do with the technical aspect, but also and of course the enjoyment. But teens get a lot could get a lot more from movie making. They can find out passions they might have never really experienced before. They can come up with situations they've never experienced before, but find a way to make it relatable to them. They can find ways of expressing themselves more than and find ways to identify themselves. So there's a lot more benefits that 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 pe- that are just skim the surface and people don't normally look deeper into. That's a very good answer. Very well thought out, well-rounded answer. We're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back and get your closing thoughts and uh shout-outs if you have them. Go for your closing remarks. Okay, so to any teen out there who is hoping or deciding that, hey, I want to make some type of movie, go for it. You don't have to have an amazing software. You don't have to have a script for it. It doesn't even have to be that much planned. If you just want, if you just want to do, do it how I started out, just make a video on your own, then do it. You don't have to get too sophisticated if you don't want to, but if you do have that passion for it, go for it. You can get plenty of benefits with even the least the least sophisticated and the most sophisticated way of making movies. Okay, very good. I think that's great advice for everybody out there. Get out there and make movies. Have fun. So while movie making is a culmination of the last two creative podcasts that we we did, We do have another podcast that's going to be coming up that's going to deal kind of with all of these things together. So we're we're doing, we have a and d group that all the hosts of the show do right now. Um, And we'll be starting hopefully this weekend uh, a new campaign that I'll be uh, DMing. And what it really allows us to do is exercise our writing ability for character backstories and you know for the dm side putting the the campaign together it allows us to um do artwork because you did a poster for us for the which we'll show on the on the podcast 
Um, and it allows us to do directing because we have, we're playing characters in this and we kind of have to make our characters do be true to what the character is. Uh, and then on top of that, the, the next skill that we exercise is our acting skills. I don't know how deep into it you want to get, but you can also, you can always do an accent or, you know, slip into that character and, and, and play that character as true to their backstory as possible. So that'll be coming up. I don't know if it'll be next week. I think we're going to wait until at least we get one session in the new, uh, campaign under our belt before we do that one. But, uh, that's something to look forward to. But anyway, before we go, I do want to once again uh, suggest folks subscribe to the podcast. You can subscribe to us. Our video versions of our podcast, all of the network podcasts are available, listed as Insights into Things. Our audio podcast for this specific show will be listed for Insights into Teens. You can get us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and any place else you can get podcasts. Uh, we would also love to get your feedback. We're running out of ideas for shows at this point, so we need ideas. So feedback and tell us what you want us to talk about and explore. You can e- email those over to us at comments at insightsintothings.com. We are on Twitter at insights underscore things. You can get high-res versions of all of our shows, uh, videos of our shows at YouTube on youtube.com slash things. We do stream six days a week on Twitch at twitch.tv slash insights into things. Uh, we also, if you have an Amazon Prime subscription, you do get a free Twitch Prime subscription monthly. We'd love it if you threw that our way. It helps us out. You can get audio versions of this podcast at podcast.insightsintoteens.com. You can give us feedback on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash insights into things podcast. On Instagram, we are at Insights Into Things, or you can get all those links on our main website, as well as uh, video, audio, and everything else at www.insightsintothings.com. And you. And don't forget to check out our other two podcasts, Insights Into Entertainment, hosted by you and Mommy, and it's Antenna Tomorrow, our monthly podcast, hosted by you and my brother Sam. That's it. Another one in the books. Bye, everyone. Bye. into entertainment a podcast series taking a deeper look into entertainment and media our husband and wife team of pop culture fanatics are exploring all things from music and movies to television and fandom we'll look at the interesting and obscure entertainment news of the week we'll talk about theme park and pop culture news We'll give you the latest and greatest on pop culture conventions. We'll give you a deep dive into Disney, Star Wars, and much more. Check out our video episodes at youtube.com backslash insights into things. 
our audio episodes at podcast.insightsintoentertainment.com or check us out on the web at insightsintothings.com.